All right, what's up, everybody? Today is February 13th, Monday. Welcome to episode number 300 and... <laughs> Hold on, it's covered. 300 plus... 302. <clears throat> 300... <clears throat> Jeez. 302 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Lozier. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Kimberly, Matthew, Nechi, Carrie, Harish... Gaming with the cat, meow, meow, Tom Bishop, Aaron KG are going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert analysis and opinion on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. You're going to get massive value out of this, so settle in, get ready, make it part of your regular routine. That's also a best practice. Woo! Hope everybody had a good weekend. I had a great weekend, about to uh, slug a bunch of coffee. And then get into the news. Hey, what's up, K. Scott Powell? Hope all is well on the on the recovery train. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Little Blink-182. Such a good one. I mean, if you're going to hit a copyright strike, I might as well go for the gold. All right. Before we get into the news, I do want to say shout-out and thanks to the stream sponsors. You guys know them. I'm a big fan. Barricade Cyber Solutions. <clears throat> As you can see on the stream, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. This is their website. You can see it right here. And the cool thing is Eric Taylor... President of Barricade Cyber and also lead incident responder, incident handler. Uh, his calendar is right here, so you can literally schedule a call with him for today at 10 a.m. right after the stream ends. <clears throat> talk to him about your business. Talk to him about your sock. Guys, it's, it's a great, great idea to have a plan for when things happen. You know, expect the best, plan for the worst. That's what I say. Also want to say shout out and thanks to ACI Learning, IT Pro, if you're interested. I put it in the newsletter. Um, let's see this. Put it in the newsletter uh, that came out today. Um, you know, uh, partnering with them, I'm a big fan of what their content is. If you guys have used IT Pro TV in the past, drop a comment on feedback in chat. Um, much, much love and appreciate that. I want to remind everybody that each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE on your cybersecurity certifications. Be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live. Make sure you get recognized for being here. Also, if you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay. I do, as you guys know who are on Team Replay, do love do love going through those comments at the end of the day. Uh, it's fun to see you guys and kind of asynchronously connect. Also, well, I got a new I got a new shout out. Hashtag passive observer. So real quick, and then we'll get into the news. I had a call, a call with a member of the Simply Cyber community who shows up all the time for the daily threat briefings. He's here right now. I know he is. And he's like, oh, I've never said hi or anything. And I was like, oh, you're a lurker. And he's like, ah. More like passive observer, and I want to coin uh, or give him credit. Like, I'm not going to say lurker anymore because lurker has like kind of negative connotations, and I'm not a negative guy, I'm all about good times. So, hashtag passive observer. So, if you're hashtag team replay, hashtag team live, 
Hashtag passive observer. Although, uh, by you know, obviously, if you say hashtag passive observer, you're calling yourself out, and you'd be all of a sudden hashtag team live. So, just want to say to those who are in chat that are reluctant, nervous, introverted, um, don't want to say hi. I just want you to know, I see you. Okay, you're part of the community. You don't you don't need to chat to be part of the community. You're part of it. Okay. All right. Let's get back. So, guys, let's sit down. Let's chill. It is uh, Art Week Mondays for Callan, so we'll get to that at the mid-roll. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's enjoy the velvety tones of CISO series. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Monday, February 13th, 2023. Reddit admits it was hacked and data stolen, says don't panic. Popular social media site Reddit announced Friday that, quote, Reddit systems were hacked as a result of a sophisticated and highly targeted phishing attack. They gained access to some internal documents, code, and some internal business systems, end quote. Although the sophistication involved seemed to be more of an act of stealing employee credentials through a spoofed logon site. Reddit has admitted that information about past and present employees, advertisers, and contacts was stolen, although they maintain the breach was limited. All right. So first of all, I do appreciate this. Like, you know, guys, I for those of you who don't know, um, I don't read these stories in advance. I don't know what the stories are going to be. Um, I briefly see them because I have to open the tabs to be prepared for the show. But I don't know what this is. Um, so the very first thing that came to my mind when they said um, Reddit systems were hacked as a result of a sophisticated attack, highly targeted phishing. I'm like. Mm, sophisticated that's a bit of a subjective term that people are throwing around here like what is sophisticated okay it was a it, but then they go on to say they admit they're not quite sure how suitable the adjective sophisticated is so that that um gives me <laughs> that gives me um confidence uh that i was kind of on the right thing like okay so basically someone got a phishing email they clicked through to it and there was a fake landing page if you're interested, check out Dave Kennedy, um, who runs um, TrustSec, uh, TrustedSec and Binary Defense. He's also on uh, Twitter all the time, posting photos of him because he's like shredded now. Um, but he has a tool called Social Engineering Toolkit that he developed. He's a really great guy, by the way. Really great guy. This toolkit right here, Social Engineering Toolkit, you can download it. It's also part of Cali's uh, load uh, you know, most Cali instances have it. Uh, and it allows you to quickly clone websites and create phishing landing pages and have the backend kind of um, infrastructure to catch credentials when someone put types them into a fake website. So what my point is here, I have my Citadel freshman and sophomore students in a lab do this attack. Okay, so be mindful when you hear like hear the term sophisticated. It is subjective and who is defining it as sophisticated may not, you know, they may not be as experienced with cybersecurity or they might be a lawyer who's trying to like hit a clause in some type of insurance contract that like only, it only pays if it's sophisticated, right? So who knows? Um, basically, uh, Reddit admin uh, of some sort, I, I think it's an admin, got hooked, uh, got the creds out. They said that it was limited business impact. They got some internal business systems, some internal documents, and some code. 
Guys, I used to think when code dropped, it was like the end all be all, but like Twitch is in Twitch, the streaming service, their entire source code got dumped like last year, the year before last. I didn't see like a Twitch competitor drop on the scene. I didn't see any massive Twitch zero day exploits popping. So yes, uh, code, it sucks, but you know, I guess the only thing I would say here is it doesn't look like usernames and passwords were compromised, but if you were practicing best practices, you would have a different password for your Reddit account, okay? Again, also, you know, worth pointing out, a single employee fell for this. You're not going to be able to mitigate out completely victims falling for phishing. You can fish your own employees. You can do information security awareness campaigns and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you, you do have to com, uh, con, uh, explain to management that there is no zero risk. There's no, you do not, that's why it's not cybersecurity, it's cyber resiliency. You can't secure it fully. You can only reduce the likelihood of it getting compromised. And in this case, one employee at Reddit got hit. Hopefully they can recover. I agree with them on this though. Don't panic. Okay. Klopp ransomware claims it breached 130 organizations using Go Anywhere Zero Day. Yes, passphrase. Following up on a story we brought you last Monday regarding the Zero Day in Fortress Go Anywhere MFT, the Klopp ransomware gang now claims to have stolen the data from over 130 organizations. The gang reached out to Bleeping Computer to state that the thefts occurred over 10 days. They also claim that they could now move laterally through their victims' networks and deploy ransomware payloads to encrypt their systems, but decided against it and only stole the documents stored on the compromised Go Anywhere MFT servers. The gang refused to provide proof of the infiltration of the thefts or any extortion activities, nor has Fortra made any comment. Okay, couple things here. One, um... So there's a couple of things here. Okay, one, obviously um, these 130 companies, obviously these 30, 130 companies do not attend the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing because we, we covered this story that there was a go anywhere zero day being actively exploited last week, like, or two weeks ago, okay? So you could have seen this coming. This is a remote access tool. Right? That means it's supposed to be accessed from anywhere on the internet. It's it's a it's a tool that does this, right? So these ransomware threat actors are living off the land. They're not they're not um what you know, why wouldn't they take advantage of software infrastructure that victims have installed on themselves? Now, they wasn't um terrible credentials, right? Bad passphrases, meow meow. It was a zero day exploit that they just punched through. 130 orgs, compromised, ransomware. Now, a couple of interesting things here. Klopp ransomware gang actually contacted Bleeping Computer. Like, literally, this news outlet, uh, Lawrence Abrams, like, the bad guys called them and said, hey, we want you to know that we've done this. So, like, this is kind of like an exclusive story. Um, but they did not provide any information or uh, evidence that they had successfully exfiltrated any data or what the ransom were, which I do find odd. Eric Taylor, Casually Joseph, any other incident responders that deal with ransomware threat actors regularly, um, I, I do find that curious. Usually threat actors are uh, quick to share some type of evidence because they want, they want to uh, ratchet up 
the um, the pressure on the victim that yes, in fact, we do have your sensitive information and what better way to do it than showing you a file or something like that. Um, so that's interesting. I do understand why they wouldn't say the ransoms. Maybe their ransom prices have gone down. It's a, it's a free market guys. You know, you don't, that's why employers don't like it when employees talk about their salary because they don't want, they don't want the market to know. Um, so anyways, this sucks. This sucks guys. Clop ransomware, 130 orgs. That's, that's 130 businesses, probably thousands of families impacted. Hopefully none of them go out of business. If you are using Go Anywhere, please take this as a warning that you could be next. Okay. You, we can use things like Shodan to find Go Anywhere instances, guys. I don't know if the exploit is uh, available um, like to exploit it. So if, here's another thing like, you can have a vulnerability and not have it exploited, right? Like, just because you're vulnerable doesn't mean that you're exploited. Someone needs to make the exploit, then execute it successfully. Not all exploits fire correctly. That's another like um, thing that people don't really understand. Like red team operators, they're good and everything like that, but it isn't a movie. It's not like every single time you click enter and like, you know, the terminal shell blinks a couple times and it says access granted. It doesn't work that way. Like, in fact, the really expensive exploits are the ones that reliably fire. That's why they're wicked expensive because they're reliable. A lot of exploits don't always fire. The victim computer could be configured away. It could, it, there's a million different things going on. So I don't know if this exploit's widely out there. If it's on like GitHub or something like that, there is possibility uh, of an increased likelihood because more people have access to it. Just, just be mindful. If you're running Go Anywhere, this, if you're not one of the 130 orgs and you are running Go Anywhere, you should absolutely take this as a warning. Also, reminder, um, you might be thinking like, like Benny Rodriguez is in chat right now. And Benny's like, it's cool. It's cool. We don't run go anywhere. We're a team viewer shop up in here. We're a log me in shop up in here. No problem. Okay. Here's the problem. Okay. It only takes like one person to install go anywhere on their own computer. Hey, I'm Jerry. I work in engineering. I am a great employee. I work 95 hours a week and no one asks me to. I work over the weekends and no one asks me to. I'm going for that employee of the year award. Woo! Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to install Go Anywhere on my workstation so I can remote in. Soon as I wake up on Saturday morning, work, 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 work. Okay? So shadow IT is quite real and something like this could be in place at your organization and you just don't know it because... <laughs> frankly, shadow IT, right? So be mindful, educate your end users on not installing unauthorized software, which they all do, and scan your own network, do external network scanning, look for go anywhere signatures and shut them down. Okay? Mm -hmm. CISA has a possibly maybe fix for VMware ESXi ransomware campaign. Following up on another story we brought you last week, CISA released a script last week to help organizations attempting to recover virtual machines affected by a spree of global cyber attacks targeting VMware ESXi servers. However, recent reports indicate that the unknown ransomware hackers have updated the malware to encrypt additional files, making CISA's script possibly ineffective. According to Census, a firm that indexes internet-connected devices, there are at least 3,800 hosts compromised with 900 servers with the latest version of the malware. All right. So this is a hot topic. Um, 
You know, okay, so first of all, let me just tell you, CISA, um, which stands for Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, right? It's basically like the public sector's version of internet, uh, not internet police, but like, it's like the, it's like, it's like the public sector's information security office. Like they make you aware, Jen Easterly is the director over there. I'm a huge fan of Jen Easterly trying to get her on the show. <laughs> it's not working. Um, but what they do is they provide awareness, uh, education, uh, knowledge sharing, threat intelligence sharing, et cetera. And occasionally they release tools that can help businesses recover. And in this case, um, there is a massive exploit going on of VMware ESXi servers, right? You may have referred to it as the ESXi chassis. Uh, this is a virtual machine hosting software, right? So think think of um, like VMs, like we use VMs all the time, right? Especially if you have like on-prem infrastructure, you might have many VMs for your uh, you know, uh, domain controllers, for your file servers, uh, authentication servers, whatever. So you got these VMs. Well, all the VMs need to like, think, think of VMs as like horses, right? And the ESXi chassis is the barn, right? Like all the horses go in their stalls in the barn, but you need to have a barn in order to like have a place to put the hay and have a place to protect it um, when it's raining and being able to like, uh, you know, bring people through or whatever. Like it, it, it's ESXi is basically the infrastructure to support VMs in a enterprise environment. Okay. Like you can allocate resources, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The ESXi chassis is like the cloud, right? Like the AWS and then the VMs are VMs, right? So Windows, Kali, Ubuntu, whatever. All right. So these things are getting popped left and right uh, with ransomware and CISA went ahead and created a script that allows you to recover from that infection. So presumably it decrypts your uh, compromised assets or the compromised files, your assets don't get ransomware, the files on it do, uh, which I guess are still assets. Assets is a pretty generic word, okay? So no surprise, the threat actors have modified the script. And now in some instances, this tool does not work. This is a perfect little encapsulation of the cat and mouse game that is attackers and defenders in information security. It's a never ending battle between them. I would assume CISA will make an effort to update their script to work uh, in, in account for this development that the, the attackers have put into their new script. At which point the defenders are gonna download this, right? Because this is public. The attackers are going to download this, figure out what it's doing, and then update their code to make this not work, okay? So the the real fix here is to make sure that your ESXi chassis isn't facing the internet, which I don't even know why you'd have it facing the internet, honestly. I could see some VMs facing the internet, but not not um, not the um, VMware ESXi servers. But Alas, some servers up to 3000 are facing the internet. So if you are, um, if you work for in an, an environment that runs VMware ESXi for its VM management, take note of this. You definitely should prioritize um, patching this. It's an old vulnerability, guys. So it's been around, it, like the patch has been around for a while. I do want to point out also, like I totally get, you can't just like reboot the ESXi server because it's hosting all the VMs, but you should have a patch window. 
Maybe over this last weekend you were able to do it. Maybe tonight you can do it. Whatever it is, you cannot allow the business to tell you this thing can't go down for maintenance. You need to maintain your infrastructure. Critical infrastructure at risk from new vulnerabilities found in wireless IIoT device. A set of 38 vulnerabilities has been uncovered in wireless industrial Internet of Things devices from four different vendors that could pose a significant attack surface for threat actors looking to exploit operational technology environments. This, according to Israeli industrial cybersecurity company Otorio. Quote, they can use these vulnerabilities to bypass security layers and infiltrate target networks, putting critical infrastructure at risk or interrupting manufacture. Of the 38 defects, three affect ETIC Telecom's remote access server, that's ETIC Telecom. Five other vulnerabilities concern in-hand networks in router 302 and 615, and also identified our two weaknesses in Sierra wireless AirLink routers. All right. Tony Roy says, if you can compromise a VM that's on in the ESXi chassis, you would be able to get uh, up to the ESXi. Uh, that is true in some cases, Tony, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you on it. Uh, but this is called um, like VM breakout, uh, like breaking out of the VM instance to get to the parent uh, chassis. It's not trivial to do that, as far as I know. I've never done it myself. I've I've read about it and stuff like that. Um, but break like breaking out of the VM to get up a layer into the chassis um, is not trivial. You don't just like double click and like you're in the chassis. Uh, so, so be mindful of that, but it is a point that VM is sitting inside the chassis. So if you can break out, you would be able to get to the ESXi. Um, yeah, Reginald's dealing with, uh, admins who say they can't do downtime. Yeah, that's, that's a real, that's a reality. What's up, Josh Mason. Good to see you. All right, guys. So wireless IIoT devices leading to, um, there's risks in critical infrastructure. Okay. So this is like a tale as old as time. OT technology, operational technology, industrial control systems, um, they're like 10, 15 years behind, right? They run power plants, they run oil and gas, colonial pipeline, you know, uh, Natanz nuclear enrichment facility, right? It's, it's OT and it does a very specific thing. Well, as technology has progressed, we, the people, have started taking technology that makes our job less frictionful and easier and better metrics and telemetry and real-time information and we bolted on to the ot stuff well the problem is once you have that um uh commingling of it and ot uh you begin to uh basically expose the ot to some of the risks that the it would have and in this case they're saying that the wireless iiot so basically wireless uh industrial internet of things that i'm i believe that's what that stands for um, it makes it easy so the dude sitting at his desk over here can have a, have a, okay. this has been the dream for years, a single pane of glass. Uh, imagine it. Like I need the Buzz Lightyear with Woody, uh, meme here, like a single pane of glass. That's what the security technology industry has promised us for 10, 15 years. The idea that one analyst can sit on his butt or her butt and see all the things at once is the, the, the dream, the selling point. You don't need multiple tools. You don't need multiple people. You just need one dude sitting at, at one console looking at a single pane of glass, okay? Well, when you do that, you introduce a single point of failure, okay? So all this tech 
is is doing what it's doing, but you're introducing attack surface all over the place. Okay, so 38 security vulnerabilities and covered in the wireless, uh, yeah, industrial Internet of Things. Um, you just got to be mindful of it, guys. Vulnerabilities do not mean exploited. Okay, I said this earlier in the stream. Just because you have vulnerabilities doesn't mean that you're compromised. The vulnerabilities have to be exploited and they have different levels of difficulty, right? You might have to be local to the technology. You might need a privileged account to exploit it, okay? So not all exploits are created equal. Again, this isn't the movie Swordfish where you're just like, dink, 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 and like you're in, okay? That's not how reality works. The other thing I'll point out, uh, and this is more of a, this is more of a big picture thing. Like if James McQuiggan's in chat, if any of my uh, ICS people are in chat, the, the reality is this technology makes your job easier and it's cool, but you've got to be mindful for every piece of technology you introduce into your environment. You're introducing, like you should be introducing a level of oversight, management, accountability. This is why like tech sprawl is a dangerous thing. Like a lot of people are like, oh, like here's a here's budget. Oh, like buy this, buy that, buy this. Woo! Like we're getting new shiny things. Open it up, racket stack it. Let's rock and roll. Tacos all around. Well, the problem is you are just opening a fire hose and pissing attack surface all over the place. You need to be deliberate when you're choosing your tech stacks. This is why, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but a, a homogeneous tech stack, we're a Cisco shop, we're a Windows shop or whatever, has its benefits rooted in your ability to maintain it. You can have people on staff who are smart on Cisco or smart on Windows and know what they're doing. You get into a problem when you get this like heterogeneous, like cheapest thing on the shelf situation where you've got like Aruba uh uh, firewalls and Cisco routers and Fortinet WAFs, right? And then you have like B like BSEC with all due respect. I love you, BSEC. BSEC there and BSEC's an Aruba guy. And he's like, well, I kind of know how Fortinet works. I mean, it's kind of similar, but I, I don't know. It's good enough. The packets are flowing good enough, right? So this is the, the, the trade-off with a heterogeneous, cheaper, oftentimes cheaper, uh, solution stack. So as you're doing all of this, right, as, as people are sitting down in planning meetings for fiscal year 24, and they're like, I've got a great idea. Let's buy all this crap. You've got to say, well, okay, like, okay, Johnny. Okay, okay, Johnny. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You are awesome. Who's going to maintain it? Who? You? Me? How many hours a week? Are we going to have downtimes? Are we going to, uh, who's like, every, nobody thinks about life cycle maintenance. Everybody's all excited about the new shiny thing. No one thinks about how is it going to be maintained? How many hours a month are you going to spend maintaining it? Who's accountable for it? Because if Johnny's accountable and Johnny leaves, it really should have been Johnny's role that was accountable, not Johnny, right? So then you get orphaned technology, which is unmanaged attack surface. And then, like, it, nobody wants to talk about this during planning meetings. It, so they're like, shut up, nerd, yelling down the table at me. Wh what's the decommission process? What, like, what, what, like, what are we going to do? Is it going to, like, is it a three-year plan to have this thing? Five-year plan? Ten-year plan? And, oh, by the way, the technology that it's replacing, who's going to decommission that? Because, spoiler alert, they're just going to run in parallel until one of them causes a problem.
you could tell somebody I've been hurt. Somebody hurt me <laughs> with uh, aging technology. Oh no, we have to keep it for you know archival purposes. We need to be able to reference it. No, you don't. We could pull it out of cold storage and freaking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now a word from our sponsor, us. Yes, CISO Series. If you're looking to reach a committed audience of cybersecurity professionals every day, then consider advertising right here on Cybersecurity Headlines, a show that consistently ranks in the top 10 for tech news on Apple Podcasts in the US. That's pretty impressive for a show that is a niche within a niche. Cybersecurity Headlines sponsorship includes continuous week-long brand awareness in newsletters, blog posts, and this very podcast. To learn more about pricing and audience, email us at info at CISOseries.com. All right. Here we go. All right, y'all. This is the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing mid-roll. If you're new here, halfway through the show, we take a minute, we take a breath, we get a sip of coffee, and I say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing Simply Cyber with people in your community. You may have found out about us by somebody else in your community telling you about it. So thank you for checking us out and thank you for being uh, a longtime loyal community. You guys are wonderful. Definitely appreciate all of you. Thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and ACI Learning uh, for their support. Uh, just fun fact, we got the sponsors for March, April, May are all lined up and, and dialed in. They're all very excited and I'm very excited to share with you uh, who they are when we get into into March, but exciting stuff for Simply Cyber and the entire community at large. If you got your newsletter today, oh, by the way, if you're getting educational value or entertainment value, right? Are you getting value? Maybe. I hope so. Take a second, hit the like button. It's the best way to tell me that you're getting value. Thank you very much. Uh, hugs and prayers to BSEC, uh, who had a hell week last week. BSEC, we love you, buddy. Now, if you got the newsletter this morning, I did take a week off, but I'm back, baby. HTTPS, simplycyber.io slash newsletter. If you'd like to get the newsletter that I draft um, every single week, I wrote it on Sunday. Usually I do it Saturday. I do it on Sunday. Three pieces of actionable intel. Check it out. You can unsubscribe if you're not into it. That's totally cool. No harm, no foul. It is Monday, so I have two sons, Callan and Grayson. On Fridays, Grayson gets to tell a joke. And on Monday, my youngest son, Callan, is an artist. He loves, loves art. He really leans into art. So normally it's a drawn picture. Normally it's, um, you know, maybe it's something to do with like pom-poms and tongue depressors. Today, Callan's sharing his artwork. And uh, he went with, like, the pottery clay. Now, I don't think this is going to uh, blow anyone's mind away, but he got on the pottery wheel, made uh, some type of thing. It kind of looks like an ashtray, honestly, because there's, like, a catch here. I don't know what it is. I asked him what it was. I said, what is this, Callan? I want to be able to tell the community. And he said, ah, it's art, Dad. It's just art. Like, it doesn't have to be something. It's just art. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, thank you to Callan for providing the art for the week. Now, I do want to let everybody know two important things. One, um, we are I'm doing a live stream later today at 4 o'clock Eastern Time, which I will tell you about 
later today. And I want to share um, kind of a fun thing that's happening all week this week as we get into the... Uh, where is it? Oh, oh, oh. Let's do this. Okay. So later today... Oh, jeez. Not later today. This week, we've got some videos dropping, guys. Um, accountant to Cyber. I have a very special guest. Um, this is part of the Roll to Cyber series, Mechanic to Cyber, uh, Pharmacist to Cyber. Brady McNulty was in that. A lot of uh, Aaron KG, Trucker to Driver, Truck Driver. We have Accountant to Cyber. You may know this person. He is a bit of a celebrity in our industry, uh, but he was an accountant before that, and he's going to share our, his story with us. I'm super pumped about it. So stay tuned for that. That's going to drop Wednesday as a premiere right after the stream. Congratulations to James Driscoll on passing that CYSA. I know he's been working hard on it. Great job, James. Also, so Wednesday we have a premiere. Thursday we have a premiere. Friday we have a premiere. I'm very, very excited about these three videos. I'll tell you more about them as we get closer to the end of the week. Let's get back into the stream. Oakland and Modesto hit with ransomware attacks. The city of Oakland confirmed reports that its networks had been hit with ransomware after rumors emerged online that several agencies were having issues with systems on Thursday. Officials stated that core functions remained intact. Quote, 911, financial data and fire and emergency resources are not impacted. End quote. Although libraries were taken offline. The city of Modesto, about an hour and a half away from Oakland, was also dealing with a citywide ransomware attack that forced the police department to revert back to radios. Okay, so a couple things here. Uh, one, core services, uh, like basically emergency services, were not impacted. Now, part of me wonders if the core services were not impacted. Jeremy Williams, if you're in here, he's a paramedic. I'd be curious. Um, if core functions like 911 and stuff just run on their own dedicated systems because they are so critical, um, or if the threat actors chose not to ransom those, uh, if I had to, if I had to guess, um, yes, Poner Joe, it was the first story right here. It was the first story. Um, so if I had to guess, it's the 911 and uh, police and fire on their own dedicated systems because ransomware threat actors don't care. Um, I mean, they're hitting hospitals, so like they clearly don't give a crap. Um, next thing is they've taken the affected systems offline. That's fine. Uh, state and local government typically don't have the funding uh, to properly ma maintain an information security staff and information security tech. Uh, Justin Gold is in chat. He works for a, a municipality. He might be able to comment on this. The, the long and short of it is, yes, the city of Oakland... Um, you know, the Bay Area, MC Hammers, stomping grounds, if you will. Um, it's a big city with lots of, you know, lots of money and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that they are well equipped um, with their information security. So this, this, like, this sucks for Oakland. But to me, this isn't really a, um, this isn't a major story, right? It's It sucks for the city of Oakland. But this is just... A ransomware attack on a organization that happens to be a municipality, and they're recovering from it, right? So, you know, kudos to the city of Oakland. They had an incident response plan, and it sounds like they're executing, right? 
They got hit. They took the affected systems offline. They're maintaining business continuity with their core functions and they're recovering. Like literally what city of Oakland is doing right here is the textbook definition of how you're actually supposed to respond to a cyber incident, right? If you look at like an incident response workflow, right? You, you basically detect, which is easy because ransomware. Then you, um, hold on, what's, it's been a while since I thought about this. Incident response. It's five phases, right? Let me see really quickly. Oh, I guess they got four here. I feel like it's a five phase process, but let's just do it this one. Okay, 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 okay. So I was right. Or at least I'll, I'll die on the hill saying I'm right. Okay, so these two activities right here, like preparation, just forget that because that's you got to do that always, right? These are the five phases, detection, analysis, containment, eradication, and recovery. So you basically, it's simple to detect a ransomware attack because boom, you got hit. Then you're analyzing what the hell is actually happening. How bad is it, right? Where is it? What are we looking for? Indicators of compromise. Then containment. This is where they've taken the affected systems offline. Like literally, they're following your basic standard best practice incident response cycle. Now, with their core functions still online, maintaining business continuity, their primary services are emergency services, among other things, right? Now they're eradicating. So eradicating, basically, you can do eradication um, multiple ways. You know, rebuild the, the system, you know, uh, root out what's going on. Usually, they're going to rebuild the systems, okay? And then recovery. All recovery is, is getting those systems to a known good state and putting them back in production, okay? This is a textbook, textbook instance of executing an incident response workflow uh, per best practices, okay? So good on City of Oakland for doing that. They must have called barricadecyber.com and, <laughs> and gotten straightened out. But anyways, good on them. Hacker develops new screenshotter malware to find high-value targets. Thanks. A new threat actor Thanks, tracked Chris. as TA-886 targets organizations in the United States and Germany with new custom malware to perform surveillance and data theft on infected systems. First discovered by Proofpoint in October 2022, the threat actor appears to have financial motivations, performing a preliminary evaluation of breached systems to determine if the target is valuable enough for further intrusion. They then use phishing emails that include Microsoft Publisher.pub attachments with malicious macros, URLs linking to .pub files with macros, or PDFs containing URLs that download malicious JavaScript files. Okay, um, this is interesting. Uh, give me uh, 15 seconds to absorb a little bit more of this. Okay, so this is not surprising, okay? This is not surprising, um, and it is interesting. It is, a, um, it is a noteworthy development in the threat actor profile for the modern cyber threat actor. If you are looking to get into a, um, if you're like interviewing for cybersecurity jobs, listen up. This is a really, really great story to have filed in the back of your mind to just whip out at an interview and be like, huzzah, okay? So what is going on here? Threat actors 
are obviously based on um you have to imagine that it's based on lessons learned threat actors are spending time energy and effort compromising all sorts of people right so i send out a phishing email to a million people and a thousand click on it okay so from a time investment let's pretend we're criminals from a time investment i now have to go to my thousand infected victims and identify what am i going to do am i going to am i going to install an information stealer um, and, and try to get their cryptocurrency, their banking credentials. Am I going to install ransomware? Is it a residential computer? Is it Tina's laptop or is it CEO's laptop? Is it, was, was BSEC on a domain controller when he, when he checked his email because he was like, you know, a vendor was supposed to be sending them some credentials. And instead of hopping off onto another computer and getting the creds, he just logged in from his domain controller, which would be stupid. Uh, like who knows, right? But the threat actor now has a thousand computers or victims that they need to lo go look at. So that's a lot of work, and 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 like let's say let's just say of the thousand, eight hundred of them were like not useless, but like not high value. Like the the threat actor is going to make a couple hundred bucks off of those eight hundred victims, right? Well, that's a lot of work. So. They come up with this idea. We need to identify the high value targets. We need a filtering system. So what this thing does, takes a screenshot, uploads it. So now, now the threat actor basically has like Instagram for victims and they just doom scroll, doom scroll through their thousand JPEGs. That looks good. Like swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe left, swipe right, right? So now you've got your um, your your pre-screened victim pool based on high value or perceived high value. And it says in the story here, okay, so now we've got our thousand. We, we narrow it down to 200 potentially juicy victims. Um, we download uh, additional malware that does other things like takes 80 creds and info stealer. That's what it looks like. Um, Okay, so it's it's interesting. Now, in addition to a threat actor not wanting to waste their time going after low-value targets, on top of that, you've got to remember, every time you infect someone and make it aware or whatever, you're exposing your your toolkit. You're 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 exposing like your TTPs, for lack of a better term. So. By limiting it to high value targets only, you're hopefully reducing the amount of noise you're making, the less likely you get detected or threat uh, or um, security technologies get tuned to look for what you're doing. Okay. So, you know, whatever this, this is a real thing. Okay. It's, it's just a, it's just an advancement on the recon phase of a cyber kill chain. So be mindful of it. I mean, you can't really do anything like at this point, you're already infected and they're sending out data out. So like, it's not like you would do anything specifically to stop the screenshot from happening. What you should be doing is educating your end users on not falling for fishes or clicking on uh, malicious URLs, uh, having good EDR or endpoint detection and response technologies in place to prevent these this malware from successfully detonating um, firewalls or, um, you know, Something like uh, Wildfire, which is a Palo Alto service um, that keeps you from going to malicious domains. You can also do this privately. If you set your DNS resolver to four nines, quad nines, 
or Google's DNS, which is four eights or four, four eights is definitely Google DNS. Um, anyways, you get a little bit of DNS security as well, not DNS sec, but with PKI, but like, like D domain name resolution, they it like, it won't allow you to go to certain domains because they've been flagged as malicious. So that's a fun fact. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, safe links in Azure. So if you're running O365, you can be like natively protected there too. Thanks. PSEC. Embarrassment as U.S. Cyber Ambassador's Twitter account is hacked. Top U.S. Cyber Diplomat Nate Fick, the inaugural U.S. Ambassador at Large for Cyberspace and Digital Policy, announced last week the hack of his personal Twitter account, not the government agency one. The State Department did not immediately respond to questions about who was responsible for the attack or how they accessed Fick's account. Twitter also did not respond to inquiries about whether this account breach was related to the recent online dumps of Twitter users' data. Last no. week in ransom... Okay, like, there's no way that this was in response to the, the Twitter dump. The Twitter dump from, like, two weeks ago, a month ago, that was the one, if you guys remember, that's the one where, like, the attacker wanted $4 million or $40 million. I think it was $40 million. And then, like... Three days later was like, I'll take 400,000. It was like, oh my God, you've totally, you've totally like undermined yourself here. Um, so a top US cyber diplomat had his private Twitter account compromised. Now, you know, to me, what I want to know is like, how did this happen, right? Like, dude, there's no way a top cyber person doesn't have multi-factor authentication turned on. There's no way this person is reusing passwords for or passphrases for their Twitter account. So it is interesting. I'd be concerned that I had malware on my phone, honestly. Um, but it doesn't really get into any information as to what happened. Yeah, see, it, it jokes that his Twitter password wasn't a crappy password. Um, so anyways, yeah, I mean, this is like, this is like a, you know, whatever story, <laughs> you know, we laugh and then we move on. No big deal. So where, as mentioned earlier in this episode, the world no ESXi args ransomware attacks continue to plague VMware ESXi servers, which additionally led to the Linux encryptor for the Royal Ransomware Group, developing its own Linux encrypt for virtual machines. The U.S. government sanctioned seven TrickBot Conti cybercrime organization members and released a report detailing how North Korean ransomware attacks are used to fund the country's operations. Canada's Indigo bookstore chain and A10 Networks confirmed they suffered a data breach after a play ransomware attack, and British steelmaker Vesuvius PLC also announced an attack last week. Remember All right, so, you know, hold on. You know, that's a basic ransomware roundup, standard issue for um, Mondays here on the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Um, you know, flag flag this so you have it in your uh, in your bookmarks for case study around ransomware. I'm giving a talk in April to a small group out of San Diego, um, and it's all about ransomware. And you bet I'm flagging flagging all these in fact i even told them they're like well tell us you know what you're going to study what case study you're going to show and i'm like dude like <laughs> relax guys like believe me i will wait until five days before the talk and there will be a ransomware incident that day that i can pull from believe me so 
the the key story I want to highlight for this segment is the um, US UK going after seven individuals who are like ringleaders of the Trickbot Conti gang. Um, obviously, many of those guys are Russian or Eastern European. So, you know, this is another kind of move in this geopolitical space where Russia's invading Ukraine. Russia does leverage their cyber criminal threat actors occasionally to do nation state stuff. So, you know, the U.S. going after those guys, it's a win. Hopefully it scares the crap out of ransomware threat actors. And also it, um, it, 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 it destabilizes or negatively impacts Russia's cyber capabilities in some capacity. It's not like TrickBot and Conti is the only thing Russia's got going for them from a cyber perspective. Clearly, like, KillNet is out there, and the the GRU has got their own uh, advanced capabilities. But um, I actually made this the four-year executives in this week's newsletter uh, just because I think that this is another positive sign of the war on ransomware that our industry has been dealing with for a few years now. And finally, the tide is turning, and uh, it looks... it's it It's not clear skies it's not blue skies but certainly the waves are going down a little bit and the rain has stopped pelting me in the face and we're getting a little bit better here but certainly not out of the woods yet all right that's going to do it for today's stream five minutes over um on the news so um sorry to base case and ncc group if you guys were here just for the news uh feel free to peel out 185 of you today i genuinely appreciate all of you uh, for your <clears throat> continued support, if you'd like to spend a minute jawjacking, please do. Uh, again, I want to remind everybody that we've got a big week this week on Simply Cyber. So later today at 4 o'clock, I'll be playing Haiku Pro. Now, this is a really interesting live stream. So I, I'm involved with Haiku and developing the ranges and stuff. If you are in chat right now and listening to my voice, if you have been reluctant to do cyber ranges if you've been intimidated by like hack the box or try hack me or something like that if you if you know about it but you think it's not for you because you're more of a grc person or maybe i'll i'll, I'll study networking first and then i'll do this because i i don't want to be intimidated the range that i'm going to do today i literally designed it to be an on-ramp to doing cyber ranges and puzzles. Yes, you'll do a little bit of end mapping and a little bit of information security tooling and stuff like that. But it is literally designed to be like, and I say this with all due respect, it's literally designed to be training wheels to understand how cyber ranges work. It's like a very meta range. It's yes, you do some puzzle solving, but but the range itself is designed to to show you how ranges work and to give you the confidence to, to not be intimidated and demystify what doing cyber ranges is. So come join me. Come join me. Um, in, in fact, I might even just create a brand new account on stream and then sign up. And this range is free. So anybody can do this range. You don't have to pay to, to play this range. So come join me. Uh, Jenny Housley will be there, I'm sure. Come join me at four o'clock today and we will go together through a range. And I will assure you, anybody that joins the stream, anybody in chat, right? Like will be comfortable. I will answer any questions you guys have about the ranges, about what we're doing, about why we're doing it, how we do it, etc. I'm pretty excited about this one. The other thing I'm wicked excited about is all this week, guys, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have 
produce videos dropping live on the stream. They will premiere right after the daily cyber threat briefing ends, okay? So, like, today isn't one, but at 9 o'clock uh, on Wednesday morning, right after the stream, Accountant to Cyber is going to be on. And it's a very special guest uh, following this. See, I've got heavy equipment operator, K-12 teacher, pharmacist, mechanic, marketing. This is a whole series of videos I've been doing that I'm very, very proud of. Uh, and it's helping a lot of people. So we have an accountant to cyber. Somebody already said it in chat who they think it is. Um, this is a, a a pretty well, like I guarantee you, you all know who he is. Um, he's a great guy. He does a lot for the community, pen tester. Um, so, so get on that. Uh, also, Thursday and Friday, I actually have two videos that are dropping. One is, do entry-level cybersecurity jobs exist? Where to get started? It's an entire video about like where to find entry-level cybersecurity jobs. And then I don't have it listed here, but I will later. I have another video called How to Get Cybersecurity Experience Without a Cyber Job. And basically, I made one video and it was like 30 minutes long. And just because of the way that YouTube works and the way people consume content, no one's going to watch a 30-minute video. So I broke it into two 15-minute videos, and they basically uh, they go together. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I've been teasing it on social media. This will drop um, on February 16th, this Thursday at 11 a.m., so right after the stream. And then the other one will be Friday at 9 a.m. The final thing I'll tell you is that you'll notice that I don't have a... Simply Cyber Live scheduled for this Thursday. We will have a Simply Cyber Live Thursday at 4 p.m. Um, the guest is supposed to be Cody Kinsey, uh, but I'm unfortunately uh, I'm I'm being ghosted currently, um, which is not a reflection on Cody. Like maybe he's super busy. This is like an extracurricular thing, anyways. So. I have not been able to confirm with Cody that he will be able to attend on Thursday. We t we tentatively agreed to this Thursday. Uh, but if he can't, fear not, my friends, because I had a phone call with none other than Charles Finfrock on Saturday morning. We have a regular Saturday call that we do. And he said, hey, I'm really, really excited. If you ever need, um, if you ever need uh, someone to come talk, let me know because I got two topics I want to share. And I'm going to throw it out to chat right now, okay? He said um, he, he can do an entire uh, live stream talk about Chinese spy technologies, especially like after this balloon situation just happened last week. He's like, you'd be stunned about all the different surveillance and uh, spy stuff ch that China's got going on right now. We could do a whole show about that. Or we could do a show on help help my car is spying on me all about the surveillance technologies that are in embedded in our vehicles uh so let me know in chat if you have a preference on one of those two uh but like i said if cody if cody doesn't uh get back to me by today we'll just reschedule cody uh for for late march hopefully or april and uh, we'll do finfrock we'll do finfrock this thursday let me know wayne's world wants to yeah okay hold on let me do a poll really quickly. Start a poll. Which fin which fin frock uh, talk do you want? All right. Chinese 
Spy Tech Balloon. How do you spell balloon? Two L's, two O's? Yeah. Or uh, help my car spin on me. Here we go. I'm going to ask the community. Now, really quickly, while you guys are pulling up, I, I do want to tell you, we didn't have a chat GPT story, but I did tell you I'd put a sounder in. Shall we play a game? There we go. That's the new voice of chat GPT. Shall we play a game? Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, Jim Lund. Yeah, no, I mean, we could definitely do both. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Oh, you guys like, uh, you like ChatGPT's voice? <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, that is from, for those of you who are not, um, who don't have gray hair, that is the voice of Joshua. Joshua was the... AI um, in the movie 1983 Matthew Broderick hit War Games. Uh, that movie inspired a lot of people, uh, including myself, to get into tech and the idea that you could like hack your grades, uh, which I wouldn't advise now. But like when you're when you're you know seven, you're like, ooh, I could hack my grades. Uh, yeah, War Games is so good. So definitely check that out. Yep, the only way to win is not to play. Uh, a lesson for all of us. All right, so it looks like 58 votes are in, and 75% of you essentially want to do the Chinese spy tech. Yep, all right. Tandy speak and spell. All right, so Finfrock is going to be doing Chinese spy tech. I'll let him know. Um, I'll let him know. Like I said, if I, if we, um, if we don't, if I don't confirm Cody, uh, by the end of the day today, uh, I will schedule the live stream with Charles tomorrow. Okay. They did make a war games too. I wish they hadn't. I wish they had just called it something else, but. Oh, the Manhattan project. That was good. The Philadelphia experiment. That's another one from, from back in the day. Obviously the 1995 hit hackers. We all love that one. All right. Whew. All right, guys. I hope you, uh, you know, 154 of you. Thanks for hanging out for the jaw jacking. Definitely uh, appreciate all of you. Again, thank you. This isn't like, I don't do this right here for like being a poser. Like I genuinely appreciate all of you um, taking time to be here. Um... You know what? I do want to give an update on one other thing, if you guys are interested. So, I have a big announcement. I, I'm so terrible at, like, the business of YouTube. I should really, like, understand how to, like, tease stuff and, and promote and market and everything, but I don't. So, I have a, I, I do have a big announcement <laughs> that I, I want to share with you guys. Um, so, d you guys might know uh, Hackersploit, Alexi Ahmed. Uh, he does a lot of great, great cybersecurity content. Um, I had a call with him on Friday, and uh, I've been I've been working on the Cybersecurity 101 course. Many of you know about it, okay? It's going to release um, later in the year, like maybe May. It's I know, which sucks because I'm pushing the timeline out. I said March, April. But anyways, I like doing labs. Cybersecurity 101 course is going to have labs. But the labs I did for the GRC course were kind of like, they were okay, but 
they was like, oh, watch me do this. Now go off and do it yourself. Well, for Cyber 101, I want you to be able to like, I want to show you how to run an Nmap scan and do it. And I want to explain why I want, I just told you, I, sh I, I have my Citadel students set up social engineering toolkit and throw a, um, a, a, a fake webpage up and trick people themselves into giving up their username and credentials, right? So I want to be able to do that in the Cyber 101 course, but I need, I need a, a range to do it. So I had a call with Alexi and we've agreed um, that I, like Simply Cyber is going to be pairing with Cyber Ranges, okay? Cyber Ranges is going to be hosting the lab infrastructure for the Simply Cyber course, okay? Now check this out. The best part is, the best part is, it will be free to my students, okay? I'm building the labs in such a way that they won't trigger an expense to you, okay? It's, 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 I've worked it out with Cyber Ranges. We've got an agreement, and I'm going to. I'm going to be building my labs in here. Now you see how these all say like 20 bucks, 20 bucks or whatever. These ones are free. The ones that I'm going to be making will be free to you. And um, so like I actually had a, a email with, uh, or I'm, 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 I had a conversation with Alexi this morning about um whether I build the ranges or they build the ranges, I've got all the 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 build. I know exactly what all the ranges are going to be. As of right now, there is eight ranges to complement the course, um, but I just have to provide the plan to them, and they'll build it for me, or I can build it myself. So the, the big update is not only is my cybersecurity 101 course going to be sick. How do I get a? How what's what would be a good? Uh, oh yeah. Not only is my Cyber 101 course going to be sick and deliver a lot of value and help a lot of people out, but the lab component for the entire course is going to be like super legit and super sick. So giddy up on that. Finish him. All right. I'll take a, I'll answer any questions really quick. When's the course releasing Adam asks Adam probably like realistically like may I've got a lot going on. I just had my first, um, I had my first section of the course go through like a very high level, like beta review cycle. And uh, the feedback was very positive as far as like, look, feel, uh, if you've taken my GRC course, you know that it's got like really good content, but like the production of it is a little amateur, right? Like the, the audio kind of goes in and out, like the, 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 the look and feel changes video to video. Some of them are like live stream videos. I've taken all the lessons learned and I'm baking them into the Cyber 101 course. So it's it's much it's much more professional and polished, but it's still me doing me, right? So you're 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 still gonna get the same experience and the same content. I'm very excited about it. Also, um, how long will you be in San Diego in April? Oh, Poner Joe. I fly out very, very quickly. I fly out on the 19th. I give a talk on the morning of the 20th, and then I fly out the 20th. Will it be free for those who took the GRC course? No. It's a different course altogether. Any range in price? I don't know, Harish, yet. 
I don't know. I'm still like, I want to make the content and, and, and do like solicit feedback and stuff like that. I don't think it'll be $29.99, honestly, though. I mean, it's it's an entire college semester course. It's not it's not like a micro course. It's 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 a it's an entire like it's an entire thing. So I, I just don't know yet. You know, I do plan on making it affordable. I do plan on uh, offering, you know, discounts uh, for, you know, for different things. Um, I'm pulling it up right now just to kind of give you a little taste, a little teaser. All right, here's the course itself, okay? All right. You can see here, like, these are all published already. This is what uh, my beta testers went through. But you can see um, the point of this course... The point of this course, okay? Okay, thanks, Adam. I see that about Cody. Um, here's the thing, guys. Uh, okay, so when when people say, I want to work in cybersecurity, and the next question everybody asks is, okay, well, what do you want to do? Because like a pen tester and a GRC analyst are two totally different paths, right? There's some overlap. There's a Venn diagram, but like you should not waste your time like studying like you know, uh, like advanced pen testing if you're going to be like a FISMA auditor, right? So the point of this class is to kind of give the knowledge. I, I like to think of this class as an inch deep, a mile wide, okay? So the idea here is that you get, you're going to get an inch deep, a mile wide across all of InfoSec. So here's a tech primer, which is required. Then a people primer, like understanding, dude, People process technology, right? We ha you have to understand the people, right? Threat actors, so the bad guys. SecOps, so the good guys. Government entities, public sector support services, right? These are all important. Then threat actor workflows, like let's study how the threat actor operates. So then when we're studying other things, it all it all makes sense, okay? Weaponizing the internet for fraud. I, I wasn't sure where to stick this particular uh, module, but I might even cancel it, but... Um, but romance scams, crypto scams, exploitation, like all of the scams, right? Shall we play all the scams around Bitcoin and all that. Uh, denial of service attacks gets its own module. Malware. So let's talk viruses, ransomware, um, the history of it, the Morris worm. Um, I love you, bug, uh, uh, code red slammer, uh, you know, all these, you know, malware, right? And, and all the way up to Redline Info Stealer, which is popular. Raccoon, rats. Now let's talk about the defensive side, right? Let's get into like actual SecOps and the tool sets. When I talk about EDR and MDM and um, MDR, email gateways, breach and attack simulations, we're going to cover all that. So there won't be any part of like the main things that we do as defenders that you won't understand. And then we'll talk about espionage, right? It's not all about ransomware. Sometimes they're trying to be stealthy. Give you some case studies in there. And then of course, near and dear to my heart, GRC, holler, GRC. And then crypto. Again, I hate cryptography, but I'd be remiss if I didn't cover crypto in a cybersecurity 101 course. Talk about vulnerability management. How do you become a vulnerability management analyst? What are the pitfalls of vulnerability management? Why is it a job? And then we'll end with cyber warfare um, because this is kind of a more modern um, 
this is very germane right now because of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict and what's going on with Killnet, uh, the Russian uh, distributed denial of service, uh, all, all those things. So, and then, you know, obviously we holler at each other. You'll get a certificate of completion when you finish the course. And like I said, you can see here, the labs are all baked, all baked in. So like right here, lab, thread actor workflows. Here's a lab. So this one would probably be the lab where you set up social engineering toolkit and trick someone into giving up their creds, right? Weaponizing the internet for fraud lab. Um, I don't know which one we would do here. Maybe something around uh, business email compromise. Denial of service. Simple. Here's an endpoint. Here's a box. Low orbit ion cannon right into it and then try to do something on the impacted endpoint. It, it won't work. Okay. These are all the labs. All right. How often do you get to work with other domains? Is GRC of more of a managerial route? No. I mean, yeah, GRC does usually feed into CISO, but... Um, auditors, compliance, like the real risk work of GRC, William Welch, is where you're getting your hands dirty and doing like understanding, like you, sometimes you have to do your own threat um, threat assessments, right? Like what, what are the risks? You have to do that. Eric Jordan says he had an interview to do risk assessment, but he wanted me to hit the ground running. Any materials for learning more about risk assessment as a job? Yeah, Eric Jordan, check this out. Simply Cyber Risk Assessment. You could also read the NIST 830. Um, um, oh my God. So here's the thing. I, I can't pull it up right now, Eric Jordan, but if you go onto my channel, and look for risk assessment. I definitely have a video on risk assessment um, inside the um, inside the GRC analyst masterclass. Actually, I mean, not to like pump my own product or whatever, but Eric, if you go and get the GRC analyst masterclass, I have an entire module on how to do risk, <laughs> like an entire module. Let me let me show you really quickly. I mean, I have videos on the channel as well, but if you're looking to like take a shortcut and get like, get right into it, you can do this. Oh my God. All right, check it out. Check it out, ready? Eric Jordan. This is the GRC Analyst Masterclass, section four, introduction to cyber risk. What is cyber risk? What is, what is, what is? It was so big, I had to break it into four videos. Then a lab on risk assessment. Take this, it'll hook you up, man. Move from an analyst role to a CISO. Yeah, all, all sorts of people. I mean, analyst is super generic, Nathan Bolin, so um grc analyst typically but it's not uncommon like what's his face um oh my god i can't believe i can't think of his name um oh my god why can't i think of his name john um john hoyt john hoyt is an advanced um 
sock manager, right? So he ran the sock at Clemson for years and years and years. He built it himself. And uh, he's the CISO at Clemson now. So you can come up sock, you can come up GRC. You can do it all sorts of different ways. There's no, there's no like, there's no way. Yeah, no problem, Eric Jordan. Uh, going forensics. There you go. Are you going to do it right meow? Came in with the cat. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. We ran a couple minutes over, but it was a good conversation. Uh, genuinely appreciate it. Great way to kick off the week. Uh, GRC's hollering over here, Alana. I love it. Um, all right. You guys are the best. Be good. Poner Joe. Yeah, TCM is actually running a special right now. I think it's like 50 percent off. Um, hashtag uh, with the coupon code Kuntosh, all because of like Lambo Gate that happened last week. No one called it Lambo Gate that I know of, but that's what it felt like. All right, guys, be good. I'll see you guys later. Until next time, stay secure.